Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he, being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Our Lord, we are gathered this morning in your presence. That you might shepherd our way to a deeper, clearer understanding of you and your ways that we might be able 
in this time together to offer authentic worship to you, both in our minds, in our hearts, and with our lips, offering you true praise that matches what the Scripture says about you. We ask for the enabling power and energy of the Holy Spirit to do that thing that left to ourselves we could not do. And so we ask that you would magnify yourself in our gathering together to you today. We ask this of you, Good Shepherd Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Every time we open God's Word, the final words we just sang should be our prayer. Open my eyes, illumine me, give me light. Spirit divine, Spirit of God. I'm going to invite you to turn again, if you have a Bible in your lap, to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to be resuming our reading in verse 17. Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw that he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, 
who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Now, as we've noted earlier, as we've gone through this letter to the Hebrews, these are a people living across the coast of North Africa that had been brought into the kingdom by the ministry and power of God the Holy Spirit animating Barnabas and his nephew, Mark, when they departed from Paul and Silas, while Paul and Silas went back to where Paul and Barnabas had ministered before, Barnabas and Mark went to North Africa. This is this testimony of the ancient church, and they, they principally evangelized the Jewish people, which was stand, even with Paul and Barnabas, what was the standard format for evangelism? When they went to a new community, the first place they would go was the synagogue. And they would speak to the Jews, laying out before them the messianic promises and all that God had done through Jesus the Messiah. And seated around the Jewish part of the congregation were the God-fearers, the Gentiles who had come to the synagogue meetings because they wanted to hear about the true and living God, not the fake gods that their ancestors had and still were, many of them, worshiping. They wanted to know the true God. And Paul and Barnabas presented the gospel truth to them. That's what Barnabas and Mark did as they covered North Africa. And many, many, many people, there was a massive turning in the Jewish community, but also among the God-fearers, of turning to Jesus. And they were strident in their pursuit of Jesus. And as they continued and continued, the persecution ramped up and got harder and harder and harder and harder. And as it states here in this letter, and another, their hands are now hanging down. Their knees have become weak. They had ceased to seek their energy from the God who had called them into his kingdom. They were trying to carry out the commands given to them in the power of the flesh. Just in their defense, let me say, folks, Learning to walk in the Spirit, learning to walk in the promises of God, learning to walk by faith is a learned thing. When we step out of Satan's realm into God's realm, the terms of life change. And so you have to learn the format, 
Now, there are resemblances, as we will note later. There are resemblances, but the format changes. At the close of chapter 10, leading into these final three chapters, we find Barnabas stating this in chapter 10, verses 22 to 25. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. Let us consider one another to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And then in chapter 22, we, 10, 22, chapter 10, verse 22, we find this statement. What have we read? Faith. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. In chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. In chapter 10, verse 24, let us consider how we can love, to stir up love and good works. This is actually an introduction to chapters 11, 12, and 13. Chapter 11 is the faith chapter. How many times has Barnabas used the word faith in chapter 11? Over and over and over and over. Chapter 12 is the hope chapter. Chapter 13 is the love chapter. Faith, hope, love. He's laid this out in chapter 10. He's expanding on it in chapters 11, 12, and 13. Chapter 11, what is the word that's used over and over and over again? By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Well, let me back up for just a moment. Everybody on the planet walks by faith. The question is, Who is your faith in? Everybody is embracing a series of promises. The issue is what are the promises? Who do you believe animates the environment that you're in? Is it Satan? Is it some higher-ups in the human race that are... Who governs your environment? Are we in a hostile environment? The Bible summarizes it this way, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world system is that culture in which we operate in. It is the culture dominated where human, where material wealth is elevated, where opportunity and reputation in this culture is elevated, and that's what we all want. That's what we all want. And the Bible says, no, no, no. The world, the flesh, and the devil stiff-arm them. When you came into the kingdom, what were you doing? God the Holy Spirit was doing a work in your life. You were dead and trespasses and sins. You had no hope that was real. You may have had a false hope, but it was a false hope. And then God the Holy Spirit came to you, and it may have been through something you read, it may have been through someone's words, but God used a human instrument to bring the truth to you. But also, the divine presence of God the Holy Spirit was there. 
giving you understanding, giving you light, understanding, giving you life. That is exactly what Jesus is talking about in John 3 with Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you must be born from above. Isaiah, I will pour water on him who is thirsty. I will pour floods on the dry ground. That is, I will bestow my Holy Spirit upon them. I will pour floods on the dry ground. Ezekiel 37 Ezekiel, speak to the Ruach, the wind, the spirit wind breath, to come and fill these carcasses. And he does, and they stand up. The water, Nicodemus, you must be born of water and the wind. That is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit causes us to be born and made alive in the presence of God. Ladies and gentlemen, if that doesn't urge you, Uh, encourage you to share the gospel with other people, your responsibility ends with your lips. It's God's job to raise the dead, not yours. It's your God's job to speak the words, and then he gives them the understanding and the life. That is an act of faith. When we come into the God's kingdom, the entire format of how we do life changes because we take our eyes by the help of God's Holy Spirit who now indwells us by the help of the Holy Spirit who now indwells us we are able to yank our eyes off of all the false promises false gods that surround us and lift our eyes to look at the invisible God wait 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 you mark you just said invisible yes because it is an act of the Spirit. We see, in a metaphorical sense, the invisible God, the God of all those, as Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, the author of all those precious and magnificent promises. That by these, as Peter says, as we walk in these promises, as we embrace them and allow them to embrace us back, that we might actually become god Lee. He has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises that by these we might become partakers of the divine nature. God Lee. God like. Wait a minute. I know that guy, Mark. That's not him. That's not him. Is that not the testimony we want to be made in this world? Is that, and how does that happen? By the simple act of transferring our faith from the promises and format and declarations of the world, the flesh, and the devil to God, the true and living God, who is the Redeemer God. That is why it is so critical. Our brother... Wednesday evening is going to be starting a series in systematic theology. Why do we believe the Bible is true? Why do we believe, believe it's inspired and absolutely perfect? Right down to the jot and tittle, right down to the smallest letter and part of a letter in the Hebrew text. I mean, it's, it's true. We transfer our trust from the false promises of the world that surrounds us to the authentic, true promises found in God's Word. 
and we walk through this hostile environment in victory. Some of the victories are immediate. Some of the victories, the greatest victory of all, yet awaits all of us. All of us. And that is the point of Hebrews chapter 11. Barnabas, I love the fact that Barnabas never speaks down to the pain and torture that his readers have experienced. He never says, just get over it. No, pain is pain is pain is pain. The issue is, is it worth the price? Is what God promises to me worth the price of my present pain? My present deprivation? My present persecution? Is it worth it? And God says to us, yes, 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 more than worth it. In fact, when we step into his presence, when all those divine promises are fulfilled, we are going to be shocked. We're going to be, we don't even have the frame of reference here in this place to understand the blessing that's coming to us. Chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. We have a promise awaiting us that will be fulfilled. It is the substance, it is the proof. What is it that draws the attention of the world when Christians stand up against the persecution? Brandon, what do you know that I don't know that allows you, gives you the freedom to do such a knucklehead thing as to defy the forces that surround you? I know this, that the force who governs my life experience, namely the God of all creation, is a good God, and he is in fact totally in control of my life experience. You can't lay a finger on me, Nero, Mao, Joseph, (laughs) J-O-S-E-F, without divine permission. Those fellows, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, (laughs) did God make a testimony through them by having them thrown into the fiery furnace? What had Nebuchadnezzar said to them? What God can deliver you from me? Well, he was about to find out. (laughs) And he did find out. And by the way, he embraced the message. Daniel, was your God able to deliver you from the lions? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And they pulled him out immediately and threw all of his persecutors down in. And it says that they didn't even hit the floor before the lions had grabbed hold of them. And yet God had defended Daniel. God can defend us or choose not to. But always to the advancement of his kingdom. And whatever price we pay here will be more than made up for when we are shepherded into his presence. We will be overwhelmed. And when we are asked, was it worth paying the price during your earthly walk, we will all say, absolutely, 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 no comparison. 
by now faith is the substance, it's the reality of things hoped for. The world looks at us and says, what do you know that I don't know? It enables you to make those decisions that you're making. To stand against the threats, the evidence of things not seen, it is a proof. The first testimony, for example, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they said, we, Nebuchadnezzar, can our God deliver us from the fire? Yes, he can. We don't know whether he will or not, but it really doesn't matter. We're not going to worship your stupid idol. Regardless, they were willing to die. And yet God made a greater testimony for himself. By the way, that whole chapter was a proclamation that was sent out through the whole Babylonian Empire. (laughs) That whole chapter. So the whole empire, and how does it conclude with Nebuchadnezzar saying, I don't want to hear anybody saying anything bad about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If they do, they're in trouble with me. Because this is the God who actually governs in the affairs of men. And ultimately, Nebuchadnezzar himself was shepherded into this kingdom. The least likely candidate, I would say, on the planet (laughs) was shepherded into the kingdom because God gave him light and life. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Understand this. Your God is the creator God. Now, we're not going to touch on every verse in this chapter. Please don't be afraid. (laughs) But our God is the creator God. Just as in the songs we sang earlier, he is the God of creation. He holds it in the span of his hand. His power, his love, nothing about him can be measured. Nothing about him can be measured. Omniscience knows all things. Omnipotence, immeasurable power. Again, what does Nebuchadnezzar say in Daniel? Laying out his own testimony that was also a proclamation to the Babylonian Empire. This is the God who governs amongst the host of heaven, the inhabitants of the earth, whose hand cannot be restrained. You can't even slow him down. I'll take that, God. You can't even slow him down. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. All he did was speak, and it came into pass. Omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence. He is everywhere present. I love the fact that no matter where we are, no matter what time of day it is, he is present in all of the reality. He's not just present in his awareness. He is present in the reality of all that he is. With every believer on the planet, he is fully, fully, fully present. Ladies and gentlemen, why am I reciting these? These are things I have to say to myself every day. 
This is the discipline of the Christian life. The discipline of the Christian life is reciting to yourself every day the truth of what our God is like because Satan's number one tactic in subverting and drawing the energy out of us is to get us to get distracted from the reality of who he is and what he does and what he's like. He wants to diminish our God in our understanding. He wants to distract us. And so the principal discipline of the Christian life is the discipline of reminding myself, being in his word, being people of the word, so that we are able to walk in. When we are tested, we can respond immediately. That's what it means to walk in the spirit every step. And who is the author of this book? The Holy Spirit isn't just an influence. He is a person who gave us this and he shepherds us with his words as well as his abiding power. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Why? Because he understood the promise of Genesis 3.15 which in this morning's Sunday school class we focused on, Genesis 3.15 is the first messianic promise. And who is God saying it to, by the way? He's saying it to Lucifer. (laughs) I'm going to make a seed from the woman. He is going to bruise your head while you bruise his heel. Isaiah 7.14, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And that was fulfilled when Mary was impregnated by the coming of the work of the Holy Spirit overwhelming her and God the Son took up residence within her and drew all of his humanity from her. He is true God, true of true God, fully God, fully man in one person. Genesis 3.15, Abel believed that, Cain despised that promise. Enoch walked with God and was not, was taken up because God took him. Noah endured 120 years of mockery. I mean, how many people did he have to hire to help him build that ark that was one and a half football fields long. It took them 120 years. It wasn't just him and his three sons. I would dare say they hired a lot of people. They brought in a whole lot of timber and all this stuff. And he endured 120 years of mockery. This was the means of deliverance for anybody who would come. You just had to have faith in when it's going to rain. Well, it has never rained on the earth. But then, when he and his three sons and his wife and their, his, his son's three wives entered the ark, they were delivered. The very cause of their 120 years of being mocked became the means of their deliverance. Became the means of their deliverance. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir 
of the righteousness which is according to faith. Did it pay off for Noah to believe God? Yes, it paid off. By faith, Abraham. He was called to leave his father's estate and go out. And we all know the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of these things. The Joseph experience. Joseph, by the way, here's a prophetic pattern. Joseph was rejected by his brothers. Who else was rejected by their brothers? David was rejected by his brothers. Jesus was rejected. They did not believe till after his resurrection. Even though they had witnessed, it's specified in John, they were present when he turned water into wine, but they still did not repent. They did not follow him till after the resurrection. Joseph, David, Jesus, prophetic pattern. But the very thing that his brothers did to Joseph became the means of their deliverance. They sold him to slavery in Egypt, and he became their deliverer. Jesus was placed on a cross. He became the deliverer of those who rejected him. By faith, Moses. I love the fact, by the way, there's a wonder, there are wonderful spiritual lessons in the life experience of Moses. Here is the man adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. She knew what was going on. By the way, uh, this woman was a woman, the only woman in all of Egyptian history that could have gotten away with defying openly, frankly, defying the order that all the Jewish boys are to be put to death. When she adopted Moses, she knew who he was. She knew what he was. But her name was Hatshepsut. Hatshepsut is the only woman in all of Egyptian history that had the status that would have enabled her to defy the Pharaoh's order and to adopt a Jewish boy into her household. She's the only one, and it just the timing just happens to be perfect. Just happens. That's called sarcasm. <laughs> She welcomed into her house. He is 40 years old when he kills a man who is beating a Jewish fellow. And then the next day, this is unmasked, and he flees for another 40 years. But what does he think? It says in the book of Acts that Moses assumed, hey, we're coming up to the time when God is going to deliver Israel. I am surely the fellow that God is going to use. Well, I mean, look at the place he's put me in. Yes, I'm the guy, I'm the guy, I'm the guy. And so what does God do? He has to send Moses to the backside of the desert, to Midian, for 40 years to be a shepherd. The lowest of the lowest, most demeaning occupation there was in Midian. He's a shepherd for 40 years. What was God doing? God was emptying Moses of Moses. <laughs> so that when he does see the burning bush, and God calls him. He says, okay, I'm sending you back to Egypt to do what you committed to doing 40 years ago. Oh, Lord, you need to find somebody else. There's no way I can do this. Ah, yes, I want, that's exactly what I want you to think. Because, in fact, you can't. I will be their deliverer, not you. And so, I'm sending you back 
took God 40 years to empty Moses of Moses, sends him back, and what happens? All of these plagues, all God turned the most powerful, wealthy nation that we know of on the planet into a trash dump. Every one of those ten Egyptian of those ten plagues was directed against a different Egyptian god. God completely humiliated the entire Egyptian pantheon. And then they leave. And of course we know Pharaoh and his army chase them between the walls of water at the Red Sea. They're all drowned, and Israel throws a party. This is Exodus 15. They have a great party there. But it was by faith, by faith. Put yourself in their place. The part waters of the Red Sea do part. Am I going to step between those walls of water with the expectation that they will stay in place for my whole trip? That was an act of faith by Moses, but also by all the people. They got to the other side and then turned around and watched the walls of water collapse on their enemies. And it was party time. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. But then they got two years later to Kadesh Barnea and they send in the 12 spies. And the 12 spies come back and only the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, they all gave the positive report about the splendor of the, the promised land. But 10 of the spies said, oh, we can't do this. They're too strong for us after their God had trashed Egypt, he can't handle this. Those 10 spies were killed by God, only Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb survived of the 12. And they, of course, Joshua led them, but both of them got to go into the promised land 38 years later. But it was by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. That is the simple reality of how we are to walk in this world. It is how everyone walks. The issue is, what gods and promises do you walk in? We have a God who is good, whose power cannot be measured, whose loyalty cannot be measured, and he says, believe me, believe me, believe me, have faith in me, I will show up. By faith, Moses by faith, under Joshua, the walls of Jericho fell down. They did. Look at what God asked them to do. He asked them to do a silly thing. They get to Jericho. Here is this walled city, the first walled city they come to. And God says, okay, this is the format we're going to use. You're going to just walk around for six days. You're going to just walk around being very, very quiet. You're going to walk around. The only noise that will be made is the seven priests blowing the ram's horns. And here's the Ark of the Covenant. You'll be circling Jericho six days in a row. And then on the seventh day, you will circle it seven times. And at the end of the seventh day, you'll yell. That's it. Really? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> what kind of a battle plan is that? Well, it's a splendid battle plan if you have the God of all power. And what happened when they 
yelled. The walls fell down and they charged in. God asked them to do something that was frankly silly. But they believed him. And it worked. God may ask you to do something that looks foolish or dangerous, but he will be present with you. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. By the way, as a rebuke to Israel, what did this, when the spies came into Jericho and they got with Rahab and said, and she found out who they were, she looks at them. (laughs) These people who had been afraid to invade Canaan We've been quaking in our sandals for, 40, for all these years, wondering what's keeping you people in the, in, 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 in the wilderness. We saw what you did to Egypt. We can't figure out what knuckleheads are out. Why are you wandering around out there? We're scared to death of you. <laughs> well, that wasn't what the ten spies had thought. But that's what the people living there expected was to be invaded and overwhelmed. Rahab and her family members who joined her were saved by faith. Gideon, Barak, Jephthah, David, Samuel, on and on through this list. Why is he citing? He is citing these to the readers for the simple purpose of encouraging them. What I'm telling you, Barnabas is saying, what I'm telling you isn't new. It is the basic format since the garden. It is the basic format from Abel and onwards. Walk according to this and God will keep his promises to you. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise What was the promise? A coming redeemer, a coming redeemer, a coming redeemer, a coming redeemer, and following the coming of the redeemer and him is doing his redemptive work. Then there will be the kingdom glory, then the kingdom glory, then the kingdom glory. And all these things, having attained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, but we have. We can look back on Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and say, that's an historic reality. It's not just a future promise, it's an historic reality. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect, that they wouldn't step into their promised kingdom glory apart from us. What is God's plan? It's much bigger than Joseph or Abraham or Moses, or it's much bigger, it's much more expansive. God stretching out gospel promise to all nations, people of every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. What? 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 The evidence is there in the Hebrew Scriptures. What was the concept in Jesus, in that generation of Jesus? 
oh, it's only God, God only favors us Jewish people. And God's saying, I do favor you, but not exclusively. I'm spreading this promise out. And now he has provided to us a redeemer. After that, after that sacrifice, what's kingdom glory? From the loving, devoting, devoted God. He has already given us his son. Ladies and gentlemen, the kingdom glory that awaits us is frankly, compared to that, is pocket change. God has already emptied the bank when he gave us his son to pay sin's penalty for us on the cross. There should be no difficulty at all believing the rest of the promises after that. Let's pray together. Our Lord, faith in your promises, in the declarations that you have made to assure us that you are loyal to us, but also that you point us to yourself. You are the God of all power, present in all places, in all of your fullness. You know all things. And you are devoted to us. You love us. You are good. You are kind. We ask that you will enable us to walk in that reality all of this coming week and that you will create opportunities for us in the next few days to tell that truth, the gospel truth, to someone who does not yet know it. And that accompanying our speaking those words, you will grant understanding and life to the hearer. We ask for this outcome from you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.